0: When it comes to the center position, the Minnesota Wilds' issues are, well, front and center. We take a look at how the Wilds compare to some of the playoff teams still alive, as well as how they can finally find that number one center on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes throughout the week. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we talk centers as we look at what let the Minnesota Wild down at the center position in their first round loss to the Dallas Stars. We'll also take a look at some potential options for the Wild to look at once their salary cap is a little more free. And we'll take a look at some of the other teams in the playoffs and their center depth as well. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. And as you can see, uh, dealing with some uh, computer issues at the moment, so, uh, recording in the office, but I uh, hope to have that fixed uh, sometime next week. We're doing the best we can until that point. And I found it interesting, you look at uh, the Dallas Stars who have taken a three games to two lead over the Seattle Kraken, and one of the things that, if we go back to the series against the Minnesota Wilds in round one, one of the areas that seemed to let the wild down was their depth at the center position. This is not a new problem for this franchise. Uh, it's something that they have dealt with ever since Miko Koivu was drafted and put into the uh, that top spot, that one C. Uh, I'll say right off the bat, Miko Koivu was a great player who I think put up some stats based off the longevity of his career. He was not a 1C. He was not a 1C. You look at the guys in the playoffs right now. Connor McDavid. You had Nathan McKinnon for the Avalanche. You have Joe Pavelski for the Dallas Stars. There are a lot of guys that pass that 1C smell test and that eye test that uh, the Wild just are not able to match up with. No Jewel Erickson against the Stars. And so your center depth for that series was Ryan Hartman as the 1C, Freddie Goudreau as the 2C, then you had Sam Steele in there as well, and uh, you follow that up as well with Connor Dewar. Those are your four centers. Those guys, if we really get down to it, are probably better suited in middle or bottom six roles as centers than in the top part of the lineup. And it's not to say that they're not good players. I like Freddie Goudreau. Uh, I think he has a lot of value in the correct role, which is more of a bottom six guy, probably ideally a third-line center for uh, for a team that is really seriously contending for a playoff spot. Jule eriksson as well. I like Jewel Eriksson a lot. I think his game, as it continues to improve, leads us to getting closer to finding that number one center, but still not quite being able to get to that point um, at this point in his career. But he also is more of a 2C. Um, um, he's more of a middle six guy as uh, in terms of a center. Ryan Hartman as well has had some prolific goal-scoring seasons, had a great one last year, didn't quite measure up to that this year, but again, not a one-seat. And so the Wild have continued to kind of dance around this issue by trying to fill with other guys that have been able to produce with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello on that top line, but you see it when you go up against those teams. The teams with the better centers usually end up having a much bigger impact in the series and and the stars. I mean, you go up and down the list. You got Pavelski, you got Rupe Hintz. And when Pavelski was out in the series against the Wild, as we talked about with Kevin Gorg after a couple of those games, when Pavelski was out, the stars were able to replace him um, with Tyler Sagan if they needed somebody to to step in at center. And so not only is it having those guys that really pass the test, the eye test, the smell test, the stats test, not only is it having those guys at the top, but it's also having those guys up and down the lineup that can really help you out. And I think Colorado is a really good example this season. They still obviously have one of the best players in the league, in Nathan McKinnon in that top spot that 1C but losing Nazem Kadri just really hurt their depth this year and you go from having Kadri as your your 2C to then having other guys that are trying to fill into that spot and so having those top those clearly defined top guys is something that the Wilds are continuing to try to chase and uh, are continuing to not really. They're finding placeholders, but they're not finding the ultimate solution for that issue. And it's it's a difficult thing. Bill Guerin has said it himself. One sees don't grow on trees, and he's right. It's a difficult problem to try to solve. But for this team, it's going to be one that they are going to have to eventually find. And whether that be in two years, when the Parisi and Suter Cap Hits drop to buyout stage and are under a million dollars apiece, there are some names on the free agent market that we'll talk about um, to end the show today. There are some names that you can throw some money at, but as we'll also talk about, They may not be there, they may not be on the open market in two years once that opportunity presents itself. So the quest for the 1C is something that the Wilds have been chasing for a long time and that they are going to have to eventually hit on. They're going to eventually have to hit a home run on somebody. Now, there is a player in the Wild system right now That uh, the hope is he can be a top six guy and can help in that quest for uh, a pursuit of a top line center. So we'll talk a little bit about Marco Rossi as well as other options in the system as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know how the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, we will be talking on Monday with Alex Micheletti about some of the best games of 2022-2023, and we also will begin our player evals next week as well. We'll go player by player, highs, lows, and expectations of what needs to happen next season. So looking at the 1C situation for the Minnesota Wild. There is hope that Marco Rossi can be a top six guy. And let's remember back to how his, how the majority of his career started with the Minnesota wild. Obviously Rossi has dealt with, um, health complications previously in his career. So he still is still working his way back from that. And the expectation was that he was going to be one of the players that made the NHL roster uh, this season, and that he was going to play a role on this team out of the gate in training camp. And the season started 0-3. It was a disastrous start to the season for the Wild. So that didn't help. But you also look at where Rossi was put in the lineup. He was at times playing fourth-line minutes, was playing with other guys, Felino, some other guys on, on the third line. And so he wasn't put in a position to necessarily showcase his talents with some of those more skilled players um, on either side of him. That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin from the coaching staff, from Bill Guerin, was that he wasn't necessarily ready to play an NHL brand of hockey. And so spent the season in Iowa trying to get a little more grit, a little more toughness to his game. But here's my stance on the whole thing. Whether or not he's ready, you have to get a solid sample size of him. And Judd Zolgad talked about this last week. You have to get a representative sample size of what he has in order to determine, okay, he is going to be able to work into a role that we're hoping, maybe slightly less of a role, but a role nonetheless on this team. It's either that or... If you don't play him, you don't really know. And for where this team is going to be over the next couple of seasons, which is absolutely cap strapped and players are going to be more and more pricey and your ability to sign said players is going to be less and less over the next two years. And so you're going to need to have some younger players that are on the cheaper side, that are on their ELCs to be able to step in and to fill those spots. And so you, you got to do it whether or not it takes him it, whether or not he is able to just light it up right away. Like Matt Boldy did. Not every player does that. So you have the guys like Boldy that comes in and just lights it up or, even Kalen Addison at the beginning of the season looked good and, and helped the power play just absolutely take off. Even Brock Faber stepped into the lineup and just did not miss a beat. Not every player is like that at the NHL level. If we recall correctly, it took Jewel Erickson a while to get things figured out um, at the NHL level, and he has since done so. But the point is, you have to just see what is there, regardless of if the product is, regardless of if it is is working the way that you'd like or not. Because let's run through what we had at the center position this past year once again. You had Sam Steele, who played everywhere on that lineup with some shorter-term levels of success, but he also had points. He had a stretch where he was on the top line with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello and was invisible. He was absolutely a non-participant in what was going on on the ice. And so at that point, you have to ask yourself, is what Sam Steele is doing right now, which is nothing, is that better than what Marco Rossi could do as as a younger player? Is that floor of Sam Steele better than what you don't know you have with Marco Rossi? So it's it's a huge evaluation season for Rossi this year. And... It's just going to be something that Dean Evason is going to have to do, regardless of his preference for guys like Freddie Goudreau or Sam Steele. At some point, you have to allow young players to get into the lineup and to just learn how to do it. And if it turns out if Rossi plays for a majority of the season or a solid portion of the season and it just it not working, okay, then that's, that's one thing. But you have to be sure because this is something that this team has tried to fill, tried to fill with Koivu, who is more of a he He's more of a Jewel eriksson type, but not a 1C. They had Eric Stahl way later in his career to try to fill that spot. They've had a ton of guys that the Wild have tried to, throughout their history, put into that 1C spot. And it's either kind of a bridge guy, a Band-Aid. You haven't had anybody that you look and you say, definitively, yes, this guy is a one-seat. You don't have a Rupe hints. You don't have a Connor McDavid. You don't have a Nathan McKinnon. But at some point, you can't, just, you can't just keep doing what the Vikings do with the offensive line, what the Timberwolves do in their ever- quest to try to find a point guard. It, it seems like every Minnesota team has one thing that they just definitively are not able to fill. One position that they just are not able to. And as we said to lead off the show, it's not easy. It's not easy to find those guys. So you have to see for one of the objectives this season – have to see what Rossi's capable of to see if he can elevate into a a top six type guy. If not, then that's just another attempt, another try that didn't work. Now, there are some names on the free agent market for 2025-2026. So if the quest for a 1C continues to that point, there are a few names the Wild could consider. And so we'll take a look at those names while also erring on the side of caution about free agents that far down the line. All that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, again, make sure you check out Monday's episode. We'll be talking with Alex Micheletti about the best games of 2022-2023. To, uh, to see which ones make the list, make sure you tune in to Monday's episode of Locked on Wild. 2025-2026. There are plenty of names that will be free agents once the Parisi and Suter Cap hits drop back down to... It ends up being like $1.6 million total between the two of them. Here's who are the centers that will be free agents heading into 2025-2026. John Tavares of the Maple Leafs. Nicholas Backstrom. Sidney Crosby. Leon Draisaitl, Ryan Johansson. Evgeny Kuznetsov. Brock Nelson. Yanni Gord. Mikhail Granlin. Christian Dvorak. Sam Bennett, Roddick Foxa, Sean Corrali, Nico Sturm, Jake Evans, Nick Dowd, Shane Wright, Noah Ostland, and a few others down the list as well. Before you really dive into this list, though, a lot of guys that are going to be up there in age. I mean, obviously, one of the most appealing names would be Leon Dreisaitl. He'll be... 29 at that point, but let's also keep in mind, Dreisaitl tends to, just with how he plays, he tends to carry some injuries with him as the season unfolds. So obviously the talent is unquestioned. And at that point, at 29, it's likely that you still have some solid productive years on the horizon from a guy like him. But the other guys on this list, Tavares will be 34. Backstrom, Crosby will both be 37. You've got a bunch of guys that will be in their mid-30s, cross Granlin off the list because that already happened. But the thing, too, is that with free agents like this, with guys like this, you're going to end up having to overpay. Such is the nature of free agent contracts if you are trying to lure a player away from the spot that he currently occupies. And so, yes, there could potentially be some names available. The other point to consider, too, is of those guys, of those guys on that list, let's say the top 20, how many of them will actually make it to free agency? How many of them will actually... Decide at that point that they want to move on. Now, obviously, depending on how things go with Edmonton and McDavid, Dreisaitl may say, yeah, I kind of want to see what's out there. But again, you're going to have to pay out the nose to get a guy like that and convince him to come to Minnesota. And I say that knowing that it's kind of contradicting my entire attitude about how this money should be spent once it's available in that you'll have money to throw at whatever problems you have. But you're going to end up having to get into a bidding war. Dry is an $8.5 million player per year right now. If he throws together a couple more 50-goal seasons, you're going to be north of 10 for him while also trying to put something together for Kirill Kaprizov so that he sticks around. So at that point then, you got two $10 million players per year plus a couple of $7 million per year defensemen. You've got... All of a sudden, you're kind of going and doing what you had previously done, where you take huge globs of money and you throw it at a couple of primetime names to try to come in and lead you to where you want to go. We already saw that play out. So the big thing, the big opportunity, I think, to get something put together is going to have to be through the trade market. And what that entails is obviously trying to look around the league and see if there's somebody that has a center that they're just not willing to pay or has somebody that they're not 100% sold on that uh, that they look to move on from. Bill Guerin has been aggressive in playing the trade market throughout his tenure as Wild GM. It led to Philip Gustafson. It led to Jake Middleton. So he has done a good job of being able to find guys to come in and and fill spots that we don't necessarily know a lot about. But back to it, we're talking about one-sees here. We're talking about top-line centers, premier centers, and the cost to acquire such players is also very high. And so if you can't do it there, if you can't necessarily do it in free agency, there's one other option, the draft. And this is my final point today. This is another part of the equation, part of the puzzle that I think kind of gets lost is nobody has the stomach for a rebuild. I get that. Owners don't want to see a rebuild because then that means that it's less likely that people will come to watch the product. There's also the possibility that a rebuild misses and then you're stuck in a further rebuild. Ask Anaheim how that's gone. Ask Arizona how that's gone. Now, the comeback there is, well, you've got some pretty good players that those teams have acquired. Chicago, just now in the draft, uh, in the lottery, getting the number one overall pick, which will give them Connor Bedard. But if the whole point of this, if you're not going to be able to sign somebody that fits that profile, if the cost is too prohibitive to trade for somebody that is a 1C. Then at that point you're left with one option, you got to draft. You got to draft and develop one. And so it's an elusive position. It's it's a unicorn in Minnesota Wild terms. It's a unicorn to try to find a 1C, but if this team's going to really get to where they want to go, that is a position that it seems more and more evident that you have to have. That will do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. If this is your first time listening to, uh, to Locked on Wild, we welcome you in and hope that you stick around. Make sure you follow us on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms. If you're an everydayer, you listen every single day of the week. Thank you for tuning in. We will catch you on Monday. Either way, make sure that you tune in. Make sure that you follow along with us as we guide you through the rest of the wild off season. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube so you don't miss out on any new videos or episodes throughout the week. We have new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.